This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase, and with me, as always, my man, Cody. How are you doing on this lovely Monday night, Tuesday, as y'all are listening to us? I am doing very just mediocre, man. There hasn't been too much. We're just kind of even flow with this. I'll kick this back one to you. I mean, I typically just go on rant about myself and my weekend for a little while. I honestly didn't do much of anything, so I'll kick this one back to you, man. How are you doing today? I'm great. You know, I've had some family in town visiting the... Uh, the little one, so we've we've enjoyed that. We had birthdays this weekend, anniversaries, lots of fun stuff going on there. So uh, it's been a very busy family weekend, lots of fun though. So great time uh, enjoying that. Uh, can't beat you know grandma, granddaughter time. Uh, so that's that's been an absolute blast. Uh, so happy to have that, and you know obviously tapped into some football here. Uh, lots happening. You know more injuries. Surprise, surprise at this time of year, and. Every yeah, week. every week, just someone new or some of the same people. Uh, quarterback carousel, just kind of just circling around the NFL yet again. Just more guys, more bodies. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start today. It's it's just been mayhem is what it feels like this weekend on a kind well, of we can we, we, we can start it off before we get into everything. Let's kick off all these things that are happening around DD circles. Obviously, each and every day, Heisman House is going to be active. If you are a part of the Discord, you can now get access to a lot of the conversations that are happening in there, all of the AMAs, all of the morning drives with Shane. That unfortunately, I didn't get to tap into yesterday, but now I can go to RSS feed, get that there. If you are a part of the Discords, you get so much more access to basically just extra pods, and that's all we do all day kind of as like just group <laughs> record pods so uh, obviously if you're in the discord make sure you're tapped into all of those obviously we had uh, scott's episode that dropped yesterday as you all listen to this five of his biggest takeaways of the halfway point of the season so that's a good one we'll have the waiver wire article from me dropping as well so go make sure you get all of your waiver wire articles in ike's uh, redraft waiver wire article or show as well dropping we've got then off the line everything you could possibly <laughs> want all throughout the week there's so much stuff there's no way we can track it all last thing though trinity tool on destinationdevy.com have to go in there and check that thing out it is the flagship tool right now of destination devy and what we are trying to give out to y'all fantastic you can put it against keep trade cut we just made it to where you can make it about an individual player and look at their weekly war as well Uh, it's just an absolutely fantastic tool and highlights a bunch of the players that you and i have loved for a long time those old crusty wide receivers man (laughs) we've been we've been built we've been building on that value for a long while man 
Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So funny to see that. And then make sure you're tapped into everything that goes on here uh, every day on Destination Debbie Radio. We got multiple podcasts dropping every day. Uh, so again, tune in, wake up as soon as you do. Check out the RSS feed uh, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're, you're listening to us today uh, for the latest and greatest things that are happening here at Destination Debbie. So do check that out, destinationdevy.com. Uh, find the tier that best fits you, and you can find us as well as all the content creators there in Heisman. So make sure you are tapped in to make you a much better fantasy player. Uh, so yeah, where do you want to start here this week? Let's go. Let's go chronologically in this one. Let's okay. kick it back to a little while ago. Let's go with that Thursday night game, Titans and Steelers. Honestly, just kind of a pretty mid game from what I think we kind of went into it. A lot of the conversation was going to be built around what Will Levis looked like and. He obviously regressed from his four bomb touchdowns uh, that he had in the week prior to only had one this week, but he still looked pretty competent. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of the stuff that we came in with his profile of, hey, he can make a lot of the throws and he's going to look like, what the hell were you doing on that one? That didn't look like an actual NFL quarterback throwing the ball on that one. So uh, he, he looks pretty good, though. Uh, Traylon Burks, unfortunately, went out with this one with a pretty bad concussion. I think they described it as a brief loss of consciousness. So even though it was a Thursday game, clearing that concussion protocol, hopefully that dude's all right, just keeps getting banged up, and hopefully he can make it back and become a part of this offense. But in the wake of it, um, we had Kyle Phillips actually show out a little bit from the slot. He he kind of stepped it up. One of the previous weekly waiver wire article guys, if you want to shout that one out, <laughs> give it a little bit of credence could have picked him up a week earlier because he wasn't even on last week's so i don't think but uh yeah it, honestly did you have any takeaways from this one maybe from the Steelers side yeah i mean uh, the one thing i wanted to say on the titan side you know it was nice to see derrick henry getting that 17 carries you know he's one of those guys that needs you know close to 20 carries to, to really see that momentum wasn't a ton on the ground uh, just with the steelers defense but i was able to get like 75 and a touchdown on the flip side same thing on the ground for pittsburgh it's what we expected Najee harris and jalen warren splitting the backfield Najee had more carries but Jalen had more yards. So it's just, uh, you know, one of those one of those uh, things that you you want to own both. You want to have both in your lineup or at least in your on your roster, especially in best ball. If you have to start one, uh, take your pick. I'm probably choosing Jalen Warren just because he's outscored Najee most weeks this year. But uh, Najee is still getting the bells cow. I don't even say bell. He's leading the backfield. We'll go with that. Uh, but in the end, this this whole Steelers team, the only thing that matters is Deontay Johnson is back. And we, we finally saw it now the past couple of weeks now with Deontay uh, being healthy again, has overtaken George Pickens. I think Pickens had five targets, two catches and negative one yard. So uh, welcome back, George Gabe Davis Pickens. Hey, hey, he, I mean, hey, I think both of them actually pretty much goose this week, too. Uh, they, they are Deontay just at seven for 90. I mean, no, no, no. Know. I'm talking Gabe Davis and George oh, yeah, Pickens yeah, yeah, in the yeah, same yeah. week. Uh, what a coincidence. <laughs> obviously, he was very close to it. He just couldn't get a second foot down in the back of the end That's zone. That's true. That's true. So there, there was that. And hey, actually, this offense looked a little bit more competent. Is it because Matt Canada finally touched some grass and came down from the press box and actually showed up with his team and was actually happy with him this week? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But hey, I mean, they they got over 300 and they got over 300 yards finally. Good for them. 326 yards of offense. Matt Canada's back. Oh, my God. 
the words I never thought I'd hear you say. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, you know it was it was better, but again, it's you're talking about a Titans team um, that their defense they just got rid of Kevin Byard uh, again, all pro safety that that impacts things. Kenny Pickett wasn't great in this; he had 19 completions, 19 to 30 for 160 yards and one touchdown. Fantasy wise, I guess. You're okay with that um, on a week that was god awful for a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean you'll take it, sure, but it's not impressive. You know, 160 yards and one touchdown is just never impressive in the end. So, but yeah, I mean, I think the only takeaway I had was, was Deontay Johnson just leading the this uh, uh, receiving room in, in targets and every other category. Like he he was the guy, and and if that you had ex- expectation of George Pickens being the alpha uh, through and through. He's going to have his games. This is what we talk about all the time. Very Mike Williams-esque, you know, prior to his one good year. Uh, he's going to have some ups and downs, and this was a George Pickens down week. So uh, welcome back. And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to touch on Thursday night? No, we've hit, we've hit these guys enough. <laughs> Perfect. Then let's uh, let's take this thing over to Germany. Uh, I believe this was in Germany. We had Miami and Kansas City, two very potent offenses that we thought was going to be a lot of fun. And it was not. Um, so, I mean, it, it was all right. It was 21 to 14 in the end. But both of these offenses as a whole really struggled. I, that was really my biggest takeaway, like passing under 200 yards for both Mahomes and Tua. Uh, so that wasn't, you know, prolific. I think the, the leading receiver was Noah Gray for Kansas City at 34 yards. So, I mean, yeah. it's just like, I don't know what happened in this one. It just, you see that stat line, you see what happened in that game, and you're just like, man, like, I guess it was a good game, but yeah, uh, I mean, both both teams were just trying to limit each other and limit yeah. limit the big plays. It felt like on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, cool to see uh, first game over in Germany. Expect the Deutsche Bundesliga nicht so gut, but uh, we only got one more game next week over in Germany again. <laughs> Drop that one in there for you. You're looking at me with all with a funny face right now as we can see each other. But yeah, yeah he just got, got, he got to drop a little the podcast bit. on backwards there. That was that was him speaking German, and he just dropped that. Like I'm supposed to just I I I know you pretty well, and I did not know that you uh you you had the German in you like that. So uh, I've got cool. two sen- two sentences from four okay. years and four years in high school. That's about all, that's about all my repertoire that remains from that. But yeah, uh, cool to see because I know that those people over there do really love it. We've got one more <laughs> uh, international game, or at least one more of the Europe series game. They, they yeah. We do still have the uh, Mexico City game later. Thank God, honestly, I'm tired of waking up at eight thirty for these games. Oh. Although I do love it for all of them, uh, it is it's taxing sitting there for 12 hours watching football it, it, it honestly 14 probably because it's like 8 to 10 p.m at night it's a long day and it's too much for me uh need to actually get out touch some grass myself i'm a little bit of a matt canada right now i've gotten complacent and i can't really <laughs> do things well and yeah i can't really do things well in my life anymore i need to go out and touch some grass but this game Man, it just didn't really show up for anybody. Uh, we had the defensive touchdown from Kansas City on one of the cooler plays. I don't know if you saw that one where the guy picks it up off the Tyreek Hill fumbled and laterals it back to another guy. And then immediately goes up and picks the ceil- ceiling block up as well. Like That was a fantastic play. Uh, other than that, though, just not really too much. We did have Jalen Waddle in and out of this game with his injury. And then Raheem Mostert breaking off long runs still. Uh, keep seeing people say that Raheem Mostert's not a good running back, and I just don't understand how you come to that conclusion after watching him. He's just not healthy always. That's about it. I, I am curious about that. I mean, I know Devon A-Chain, or A-Chan, excuse me, 
he, you know, he had his his incredible games. He's on IR. He comes back here, I believe, week ten or week eleven. A uh, week eleven, he's. I think he's coming off. So when he is back, what is your expectation of this? Do you think it's going to go back to what it was before, where Mostert, like, and him kind of split pretty close to fifty fifty, and and whoever had the who under whoever ends up getting the monster runs ends up with the most yards in this game, like. How are I think you that's it. Yeah, it's, honestly, I think it goes right back to kind of what we were seeing beforehand. What the what the narrative is, though, now going forward is just the Miami Dolphins. Whenever they're playing a actually good defense, they they don't look the same. I mean, they they look like they're just out athleting a lot of teams. And whenever they play the defenses that are actually good and can actually run with them a little bit, it doesn't it doesn't look nearly as good for this Miami Dolphins team. I mean, you you have the losses yep. now to what is it? The Chiefs the Eagles and one more team for him, but or and the and the Bills that held them in check as well. Whatever the Bills were still healthy on defense, so yeah. I mean, I think I think it's going to look a lot like it did whenever HN was in there. I think it's just going to be a split between him him and Mostert. Can they play some subpar defenses and break long touchdowns they're faster than everybody else on the field? So that's what they're going to do. They're just going to torch people whenever they can, and all the defense that can keep them in check, they're going to be a little bit hindered by them. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting stat lines that I had seen, I, I wish I had it right off the top of my head, but I forgot it. But basically, Miami only beats bad teams is, is basically what it came down to. Like a team's under 500. They're like 18 and three again uh, against them with, with uh, under um, McDaniel's coaching tenure. And I think they're I think they only have like five wins against winning teams. And it's just not a very good, uh, not a very good look. You know, you're beating up on bad teams, but you can't beat the good teams, as you talked about just a few minutes ago. Um, you when you're losing to the Eagles, the Bills, and now the Chiefs, like that's that's the cream of the crop. Those are the, that's your real competition. Those are your your you know measuring bar games to see where you stack up against uh, talented teams in the NFL. So uh, right there with you, man. It's going to be very interesting to see how they adjust and adapt down the stretch. Maybe Achan does make a huge difference for them. But anything else you wanted to touch on with this Kansas City and Miami matchup? I think the only thing for on the on the Kansas City side, you know, Kelsey, whenever it's not a swift game, has pretty bad splits so far. So, you know, maybe he needs he need he needs his girl in the building. I do think we <laughs> might need to monitor that one going forward. Maybe it's like the Justin Jefferson dome game versus outside game. It might be a little bit of a trend here to monitor. But for for Mahomes, I know a lot of people are just saying that like this doesn't really look the same, and it's not the same. The team still needs somebody to emerge as a wide receiver, but they're going to distribute the ball around. And the defense is so good on this team right now that they don't need to be as explosive as they as they've always been on offense. They're perfectly fine distributing the ball around. They've got Richie James coming back probably off of IR this next week. They've got a buy it week as well to get everything you know back and healthy. Kelsey has looked a little bit off. In the, in the first half of the year at times as well. So uh, I, I think this team is still perfectly fine. It's just stop expecting for a wide receiver to break out. Even Rasheed Rice, who has a lot of hype coming you know, forward, I don't even think he's ever going to truly break out and become a one in this offense. It doesn't exist right now. Yeah, I think this is something that we've talked about with like just be enemy offenses. We, you know, now that he's in Washington, we'll get into that one later on. But uh, you know, just the Andy Reid offense as well. Like, yeah, when they had Tyreek, obviously it was Tyreek and Kelsey. This is the Kelsey show. Um, it's it's supposed to be like this past week wasn't really a a reflection of that. But like, this is really that's the only true alpha on this team. Um, I, I do have belief in Rasheed Rice, but you know, he had a touchdown, but he only had two targets and just mass distribution across that across the board there so uh yeah they're relying on their defense and speaking of teams relying on their defense the good old baltimore ravens 
uh, have just been punishing teams lately. I believe that what, what's the stat here? They against two of the top NFC teams. Yeah, they struggled against the Cardinals, but the Ravens beat the Lions and the Seahawks a combined seventy-five to nine. <laughs> It's just like when you're pumping, when you're punishing some of the top uh, top teams in the NFC, it's got to feel good. Lamar is actually, I think he's only lost one game against the NFC teams in his time as a quarterback. So uh, very interesting for him. Hey, you know, uh, 37 to three. Let's start with the Ravens side of things and we'll go into the little things on the on the Seattle side. What are your takeaways from Baltimore? Takeaways from Baltimore is that. Gus Edwards is vulturing all of my Lamar Jackson rushing touchdowns. And if he <laughs> keeps doing this, Lamar Jackson actually isn't going to be good for fantasy the rest of the year. Uh, the, the offense still doesn't throw as much with this. This defense has now overtaken the Browns in DVOA. They're now the third highest team ever tracked in DVOA. Uh, this Ravens defense is so wow. they are fantastic. Like you mentioned with beating up on these teams the last couple of weeks. It's been insane what this defense is doing to people, man. They just, they can't operate, and so whenever you're doing that, and you can run the ball as well as they do, you don't really you don't really need too much out of Lamar. And whenever they get to the goal line, it's not Lamar running these in anymore. It's Gus Edwards running them in. Um, Keaton Mitchell's the other one that I think you got to kind of talk about here of his little breakout that he had. It was a lot in the you know second half of this game. Whenever it was Gus Edwards has already done his role, and you're up by thirty points or whatever. So, but man, he looked fast out there compared to everybody else in the field he looked like a little like devon a chain light um i hope he gets some run going forward because it surely shouldn't be justice hill it should be keaton mitchell and gus edwards moving forward yeah i have a feeling it was this was more or less a game that just got away and that's kind of where the snap splits when you really look at this game like gus edwards only carried the ball five times like five times for 52 yards and two touchdowns that was his damage for the game Justice Hill outsnapped Gus Edwards 48 to 14. And then Keith Mitchell also had 14. So this was the Justice Hill game, and he had 13 carries uh for I believe what was it, 40 yards. So it wasn't anything special for Justice Hill. He got outshined by both Gus and Keaton Mitchell, but that's kind of what you expect. So I'm kind of thinking it's more game script to, than anything. Um, so I, I do expect to see a nice thunder and lightning with Gus and Keaton going forward. I mean you got to test see, it out, you'll right? You'll still see Justice Hill going forward, though. For sure. Because sure, they, they do have a little bit of trust in him. But I, I do think that, that slowly, a little bit, kind of like how we saw a little bit of A-Chain get worked in, a little bit of Gibbs getting worked in this year, it's tough for these It's tough for these teams to trust these rookie running backs going as soon as they get in. And he spent a lot of time on IR as well. So he needs to get, it, just work him, work him in a little bit, but keep your eyes on him moving forward. Yeah, and I just don't expect Justice Hill to be the one dominating the backfield like he did this past week. I mean, no, the week before, no. I think Gus Edwards had 19 carries to, to Gus Edwards or to uh, Justice Hill's four. So, I mean, again, it's it's a true committee in a way, but um, if I have to own a running back, like I think I was telling you this beforehand, I do think Gus Edwards is going to be a guy that you can acquire for, for cheap and could end up getting, especially in best ball leagues where you don't have to start him. Um, he's going to be one of those like buy for a third round pick and be your Donta Foreman from last year. That's going to just fall into the end zone a couple times, get you you know eighty total yards and a touchdown. And you're going to be happy that you have him on your team. So the Jamal um, Williams of last year, the most yeah, of last year, yeah, yeah. Any of those cheap running backs that score like that, there, that's Gus Edwards this year. He's he's the one. The trade deadlines passed. I don't see anyone else uh, coming in there to to impact that. So. Yeah, that's pretty much it for Baltimore. I mean, it was a defensive match. Not nothing really to take away for Seattle. It was an awful performance on offense. Um, I guess if we want to say there was any takeaway, like JSN's kind of 
getting used a little bit more. Um, he's basically splitting snaps evenly with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but uh, the target share just every single week is going to vary. Uh, when you think about a team that just got destroyed, the fact that they only threw the ball 21 times is kind of shocking to me, but um, Gene was talking uh, about they've, this. They've got him at 28, 28 attempts. 28? Okay, sorry. My, my apologies there. Uh, 21 completions, I guess, maybe is what it was. Uh, but yeah, he, he in the end, uh, Gene was talking about like the Seahawks passer or passing rate in 2022 was one of the highest in the league and this year they're one of the lowest um so they're now back to you know that ground and pound old school pete carroll way uh just limiting geno smith in any way that they can and um just a weird offense right now just a weird offense yeah all right on that it's 21 targets to wide receivers or yes my 20, 21 targets to receiving options but they did drop back 28 times 13 completions for 157 yards okay okay there it is <laughs> so yeah, a lot, a lot of throwaways and sacks on that one for sure anything else you want to touch on in this game i mean charbonnet is right. still getting some split but it's gross for everybody right now. Yeah. I will just say this a lot. Seattle's going to be getting a lot of heat and a lot of heat on all of these, all of these weapons, especially within the running backs of Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, probably some Tyler Lockett and some DK Metcalf hate in there as well. And especially some Geno Smith's hate. They just played against the Browns and the Ravens, which again, going back to that conversation of two of the best DVOA offenses in the last like 14 or I don't even know how long they've been tracking it, but in the history of tracking this, <laughs> They're not. They weren't going to look good these last two weeks. Like the, nope. te- the, the team's still moving forward. I do think they bounce back. I do think they right the ship. Is it ever going to be an elite, elite offense that works every single week? No. But don't overreact on the overreaction podcast to two weeks of playing against the best defenses in history of football. I was going to say, if anything, this might be a, a buy opportunity for some of these Seattle offensive weapons. I mean, it's tough when you're like in lineup leagues. If you have to start somebody, obviously DK, maybe lock it. If you're looking for like a, a deeper league, um, start 11 plus 11, 12, 13. And you're like, yeah, let me get myself some locket for cheap. You're not getting JSN for cheap. But but again, it's just trying to, to capitalize on, on some of those opportunities. And then if you have Zach Charbonnet, I mean, he did lead the backfield in snaps again this week. Uh, so that's back-to-back weeks now where Sharps is getting more involved. Yeah, Ken Walker did lead with carries, and this was a blowout, so maybe there's nothing to it. But, hey, if you can sell high on Charbonnet to the Ken Walker manager who's a little panicked, there's opportunities out there. You just have to capitalize on them and see what your league specifically is is telling you. And so just can't hurt to ask. Can't hurt to ask. Can't. There's also been a little bit on the other side of the ball – there has also been a little bit of Zay Flowers panic. So if you were in on Zay Flowers, he's had a couple of down weeks as well as some of the other options in this offense have kind of stepped up over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, coming off of a uh, one target, one catch, 11-yard game isn't going to instill a lot of confidence in some people. And I've already seen the reverse course of the overreaction to the overreaction. JSN's now right back up over Zay Flowers, even though Zay Flowers, after his first four weeks, was now the wide receiver, one of the class up there with Puka Naku in front of JSN. So um reactionary game if i think they're a lot of the same kind of player actually so yeah. i think they're pretty even if you can start getting some pluses i still really like some zay flowers moving forward yeah i'm not overly concerned odell had himself a birthday touchdown and, and mark andrews led the team so um kind of what you expect from time to time and again when you're talking about a blowout loss it's it's really tough to to take the game script into into account they're not going to be just chucking the rock to to flowers all game long they're just yeah they're gonna run that clock out um yeah defense let's performance to defensive performance 
Yeah, yeah might as well. Um, you know, I, I, for me, the highlight was on the offensive side just because I was really looking forward to seeing, you know, what Watson looked like. Uh, but yeah, it, this Browns defense is just unreal. And poor Clayton Toon got tuned up, man. He, <laughs> what, a, what an absolute sacrificial lamb. I mean, good God, Kyle, I I fully believe Kyler was ready to play this game. And they were like, there, there ain't no way you were going out in your first game and coming off of this ACL tear. Whenever we're trying to figure out if you're still the future of this franchise, you're not going out there against this defense and Miles Garrett. Like, no. Yep. Clayton Toon, I, I don't even think he was getting all of the first team snaps because Kyler was still getting those as he's getting reacclimated. So he's not even getting the snaps, not even getting the work. <laughs> and they, yeah, fed him to the Wolves. Seven sacks for 41 yards, 11 of 20 in the air for 58 yards and two interceptions. Man, Dude, just you want to you want to hear this? Like, I know they, like some of these don't even matter, like QB rating, QBR, whatever. His QBR was 1.6. <laughs> like, in case you're wondering, that's bad. That's that's really bad. I, I think I could have a 1.6 uh, QBR. Uh, that's just no. If, if you were out there against that defense, you do not have a 1.6 uh-huh. rating. You are leaving there on a stretcher and in the hospital. That's true. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, Clayton Toon kind of did too. He he left out of there. I mean, he. I think he had his pride. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, there's really nothing to highlight on the Arizona side of things other than Kyler Murray will be back next week. That was, I believe, officially announced that he's going to be back next week. Um, yep. So we can look out for that and kind of what kind of impact that's going to have with, you know, Hollywood, McBride, all of these pass catching weapons. Um, and, and we'll see what his mobility is like on the field because that offensive line is just getting eaten alive. So other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson comes back. Uh, and he immediately had himself a nice little connection with with Amari Cooper. Was this a was well, this he, a like he needed a little bit of help to get the ball to Amari Cooper because he needed to throw the ball directly into a guy's forehead, launch it forty feet up in the air and twenty yards downfield, and then basically like throw an alley oop to Amari Cooper. That's how he found him. I mean, it was a Listen, brilliant play call, it, br- brilliant. Just how you drew it up, right? But like you know, but again, like. I think that's more he, to the point of that defense. He hit him right? for a lot more than that, though. Uh, he, he hit him for a lot more than that. He he actually looked like a competent NFL quarterback, which is more than a lot of people would give him credit for. But is that because of him being back, you know, healthy, or is that because they're playing the Arizona Cardinals? Because like it still wasn't one of those stat lines that you know wasn't one of those games where you looked at and you're like, oh yeah, like he looked good. He looked better. It looked better than he did, you know, a few weeks ago. Like it eh. looks like he had an ability to throw the football, which is True. more than he's looked since he suffered the shoulder injury, which that's is all fair. that I'm glad to see. That's fair. That's that's very fair. I'm not gonna. I, will, I won't take that away from him. I, I guess it's a, a building block for them. Uh, you just kind of try and capitalize on that and see what happens next week. I guess against the Ravens, we'll find out uh, really what they're made Ooh, of next what is, week. What is that over under next week? Goodness. Uh, yeah, I actually am genuinely curious if you want to look that up. I know right now the spread is at six for the Ravens minus six, but um, yeah, that's going to be a low scoring game. Honestly, that's a yeah, that's something to be looking into. Thirty eight so, and a half. It looks like really OK. I mean, you still got twenty one eighteen game twenty to. Yeah, still got two be. two good offenses. They they can still put up something against each other. It shouldn't be a total AFC North offense or North defensive game. But you got to find that the, that Justin Tucker over under on the on field goal attempts because or field goals because I'm pretty sure that's going to be a, a tuck four 
g- give him four field goals. That's a lock. Um, just kidding. Uh, we'll see, but like that kind of that's kind of what the the game script feels like. Um, really, nothing else that I really want to get into on this. It was nice to see Amari Cooper and and you know Watson have that connection. Uh, hopefully, they can build on that again. Tough matchup next week, but really nothing else I want to touch on here unless you have something. David and Joku's good, and we saw a little bit yeah. of Cedric yeah. Tillman after DPJ got pushed out of the door. Um, didn't do really much with it, but he was on the field a lot. So if you have some Cedric Tillman stashed away, good to see for him. Yep. Speaking of stashed away quarterbacks or stashed away players, uh, this quarterback, I think people were hoping for next year to be good. Uh, we just found out that CJ Stroud's incredible. Just bro- broke a what all-time record for passing yards in a single game. Had five touchdowns. Noah Brown, the wide receiver two on the team, as you would say, uh, came out and and did his thing. But this was just this was probably like the the game of the week, the fun game of the week, you know, as far as non Dallas Philly, I guess. Yeah, there was one more in the there was one more in the afternoon slate. Yeah, obviously, as a Houston Texans fan, man, this one is this one. This one felt good. There's a lot of things still wrong. Honestly, Stroud did not look good in the first half. Uh he was he had he missed a lot of throws. Second, yeah. It wasn't actually all that great. He came out burning in the second. I mean, he was literally just walking on fire in the second half. It w- it was incredible to see. Could not miss a throw. Standing in there, taking hits the entire time. He's playing on like his fourth center right now. The offensive line is a travesty outside of Laramie Tunsil. They can't run the ball. Fifty three rushing yards on the day on seventeen attempts. They they had Via Vea come back for his first game against them as well. And you put up that type of a performance, um, man, it, it was fantastic to see football's back in H-Town. Uh, absolutely love it going forward, man. Got a quarterback of the future. I've said on this show before, said throughout you know TFDR episodes as well, I was never the biggest fan of this team taking C.J. Stroud, and I would like to formally apologize to that man <laughs> and say that I was wrong. I love you. Let's rock H-Town. <laughs> yeah, no, CJ Stroud uh, definitely fits the bill. I mean, just some absolute dimes, just on point, beautiful in stride throw. Like, ah, uh, yeah, it, it, speechless. Like, honestly, it was like one of those things where you're just like speechless because when you really think about it, like we we give every other quarterback an excuse, like, oh, the offensive line's there. Oh, he needs time to, to, to develop. And, you know, this team's going to be bad. And like, you, you can give all the excuses in the world, but like, he has all the excuses too. Like he doesn't have great receiving weapons. Truly, truly. When you really think about it, he doesn't have a great offensive line. The running game is, is has been banged up and just uh, inefficient all year. So offensively, it hasn't been great. Defense has been, eh, oh, it has had its moments. I see just, I just gone out there week in and week out and just done his thing. Uh, and he looks like he belongs, man. I'm he, very excited for him. I want to truly overreact. Like he had had a couple down weeks. Like it wasn't, it wasn't it, all that great still, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he did just lose in the in the rookie matchup to Bryce Young, so yeah. he's coming off of that one. Like, don't want to fully overreact, but man, like it, it's hard to ever put a game like that together. So, as a, as a rookie, he still only had one interception, and they got the ball back on the same play because the guy fumbled it. So he's really not even had a turnover through the air, kind of in a way, kind of uh, <laughs> right. So. I mean, like you said, with the with the receiving weapons right now, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz for over 100 yards, Tank Dell also for over 100 yards, all of them with a touchdown, Tank Dell with two. Nico Collins, who everybody thinks is the wide receiver one, he's probably the wide receiver one week to week, got kind of shut down. And 
Yeah, he still caught a touchdown too. I wasn't even done naming off the touchdowns, but he only went three for 54. <laughs> Man, I mean, he can elevate this type of a cast that nobody really thought was that great coming into the season. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's beautiful to see. I still have belief that this is kind of like Noah Brown and Nico Collins, and then Tank Dell is the slot. Even if Robert Woods does come back, I think he's just kind of more of a veteran presence. It might be kind of phased out here as we go to these younger guys and let them run. Hell of an offensive day, man. Uh, I, I like a lot of these pieces. Schultz is looking like he's going to be a pretty serviceable tight end week in and week out as well. Possibly along that kind of like upper end of tight end two, back end, tight end one range. This offense can run like this, man. They'll have a lot of better days in front of them. We'll say the Buccaneers passing defense has been a little bit suspect the last couple of weeks as well, though. So I don't, again, True. don't want to overreact to this completely. Still an incredibly impossible feat to incredibly hard feat to do setting rookie records. Yeah. And, and I think pickup of the week is got to be Dario uh, you know, for his field goal kicking ability. Oh, because How, oh how could I forget? How could I forget about the leading, the leading runner, the leading running back in fantasy points for the Houston Texans oh in week God. nine? was Dario Goombawale because Kaimi Fairbairn goes out there and I think pulls a hammy or something. Can't kick anymore. We've got an Aussie-style punter. So Aussie-style punters, typically good kicking balls after they're off the ground. Can't really kick balls like they, they haven't really practiced it as much to kick like field goals or anything. Dario Goombawale, actually sister, also plays in the WNBA. Just learned that one yep. as well. Yep. And he had played soccer in high school, which is where he would learned to kind of kick some field goals back in his high school days. Puts through a 28-yarder to seal this game team wins by two what an all-around fantastic day dario gumbawale i'm buying one of your jerseys too bud thank you bud <laughs> love to hear that so then we'll just touch on the other side of the ball because uh it was a high scoring game as to what 39 37 in the end so it was a very good football game in, in terms of fantasy what we're looking for uh baker mayfield uh, looked pretty good 21 to 30 280 or 265 uh so he he did his thing in the air I, i'd say it was what you would expect kate otten really went off six for 70 for two touchdowns again this is a lot of what we're going to dive into here you're going to hear just the narrative again of tight ends kind of just they just don't matter like unless you have like the elite of the elite in this year there's not that like clear separation uh like there has been in years past so yeah, um, add K. Dotton to to your list, and Rashad White finally had himself a good game. I guess he still didn't average four yards a carry, but he had twenty carries uh, for seventy three yards, two touchdowns, and then still added four for forty six in the air. So, uh, solid fantasy week for him. Anything else you want to touch on here with with uh, the Bucks? No, they're they're a pretty nice offense for fantasy. Uh, you kind of know where everything's at. There's not a running back you want other than Rashad White. There's not wide receiving options that you really want outside of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, even though he had a down day. Kate Otten's a nice little surprise, although those that second touchdown was Mike Evans falling down at the one. So much as you count that, should have gone to Mike Evans. But uh, no, this, this team's good. It's a lo- it's, it's so much better than we thought this was going to be with Baker. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to at least own all of the pieces that matter. And speaking of pieces that matter, uh, we're going to get into some more tight ends. And that is going to be one. I'm just going to call this the tight end bowl because I, I, I don't think anyone really cared about this game. Uh, but it was the Saints and the Bears. And we had Cole Quebec going out there with two touchdowns uh, doing his thing. And then on the flip side, you had Taysom Hill with a receiving and a passing touchdown on the week uh, doing Taysom Hill things yet again. I think he led the team in rushing as well. 
I literally picked up, and it's crazy enough, like big money league, big tournaments. I literally picked up Taysom Hill off of waiver. Someone dropped him over the past week, and I was just like, okay. Like, just sure average, you know, you're just like tight end 10 on the year. Just plug him right into the lineup and and just smash this week. So I uh, absolutely love that personally. That was, a, that was a great feeling. But, yeah, I mean, it, this was just a fun game, I guess. Like, for yeah, it was just kind of gross all around. Bajan uh, threw three picks, but two touchdowns to his favorite guy, Cole Komet. Uh, Darnell Mooney was the other one that broke off a massively long run. DJ Moore got kind of phased out. Foreman had one of his probably last really good weeks as Khalil Herbert's set to come off of IR here. I think he'll still be used, but I think this running back room goes to now a three-way split between Deonta Foreman, Roshan, and Khalil Herbert for the rest of the year. I don't know how good that's going to be. You've probably got uh, Justin Fields maybe coming back this week. I don't think we've had that ruled out yet. I think he's still kind of questionable up in the air with that dislocated thumb injury. So uh, we'll see if we get another game from Bajant. But if we do, it's probably going to look a lot like this where there's going to be a couple of turnovers. He's going to hit some deep shots and you hope the he hope he hits the one that you have. I was a little surprised with the running back splits with uh, with. Uh, Foreman and Roshan. I was expecting Roshan to have a little bit more work, but um, almost doubled in snaps, um, twenty to two on the in terms of carries, and they both almost ran the same amount of routes, thirteen to eleven in favor of Roshan. I uh, so Roshan did get the two targets to Dante zero, but uh, you know Dante Foreman. This is what you expect when you know when you when you got him either this year if you traded for him for a, a rental. Um, I, I am curious what it's going to look like with Khalil Herbert. I think it's still going to be Khalil Herbert's backfield, but I am curious to see if if Roshan is going to still get heavily involved, if Dante Foreman's going to be, get phased out and be more of the backup to to Herbert. But yeah, very, very odd in my opinion on, on how they've decided to use the running back position there, but in the end, it's a, kind of a dysfunctional offense. It is, and you know, this team is still a bottom of the bottom of the table team. Uh, yep. I don't think that changes going forward. This game did end up 17 to 24, but it really wasn't close to that for the majority of it. Um, kind of a difference of the end scoreboard to what the game was. I yeah. mean, we could talk about the quarterback here again, but it's the same thing over and over again. This team's going to be bad. They're probably going to be a top three team. And if they're not, the Carolina Panthers sure look like they are. So <laughs> change is coming. Change is coming. But I'd say the one thing, like one takeaway here, other than what we've really discussed, like you did talk about that Roshan Johnson split. If you can buy low on him because people think that this is now going to be like a Deonta Foreman's team version going forward and he's getting phased out, like this is his first week back off the injury, right? So uh, I don't really have too much issue there trying to maybe potentially buy low on either Khalil Herbert or, or Roshan Johnson. Yep. I, I like that thought process there. Definitely like that. So um, yeah, there's really nothing else I want to touch on there. Uh, kind of a meh game, but let's get into a fun game where we had the old pastronaut playing against another backup quarterback. This was Dobbs versus Heineke. A uh, fun one here. And somehow, some way good old Dobbs does it again. Like I, I, Good for him, man. What a year I, he's having. Like, just like I said, I was going to buy a Dario Gumbawale jersey. I, I think I legitimately, even more so than the Dario Gumbawale jersey, and I'm a Texans fan, I think I legitimately have to go out and buy a Dobbs Minnesota Vikings jersey. It just, this was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, man. 
you, you go you go get traded from your team on Tuesday, show up in Minnesota on Tuesday. You didn't take first team reps. Did not did not take first team reps because they were preparing for Jaron Hall to be the quarterback. So he's just getting there. Doesn't even know anybody's names hardly. Doesn't know any of the playbook really outside of what he's been able to study up for a week. Did a five hour I guess walk th- extra walkthrough session with one of the other guys who stayed late with him on Saturday, and then comes in on Sunday. First drive, Jaron Hall gets knocked out and he has to play the rest of this game with out knowing a playbook without knowing what he's even calling. So apparently the story is like Kevin O'Connell is telling him to play. He's saying the play to the, to the guys. And then Kevin O'Connell in his headset is just like, Hey, so you're running a slant, slant, go, go. And then you're basically just going to look for this high, low check on the quarterback. Mike cuts out because the mic cuts out at 15 seconds. And basically Josh Dobbs is just told, Hey, if you don't know what you're doing, probably just look to throw and then run, look, look to see if there's anybody open, just run. And he did that to a win. One of the most impressive things without a rushing game really at all. No, they actually did. They, they did. He had, he had the rushing game though, because he rushed seven times for 66 yards and a touchdown. One of the most impressive games I've seen now. 20 or 30, 158 and two touchdowns in the air. Like the man just did. I mean, he did lose a couple fumbles, but you know, it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't even care. You know, he got to win. I'm, I'm so it's just such a, you don't even know where for him. Fuck is supposed to be like, you, yeah. you don't know where the protection of your offensive line is supposed to be. You have no feel for any there, of that. There was no adjustments there at the line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt for him, but Hey man, like what a year, right? Like just the, the journey he's had this year, uh, the season he's had, you know, He's absolutely decimating Minnesota's draft capital, though. And so, like, Minnesota is a, I guess, a, a playoff team. team. Yeah, they're a playoff they're, team right now. But, like, come on. Like, come on. Now. I mean, we'll see. Are they going to win a Super Bowl? No. But no. They're, they're going, they're, they are a playoff team currently, like, as stands technically. But we'll, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, I um, mean, it, it was such a bad loss, such a bad loss that Arthur Smith had to shave off his mustache. Uh, that yeah. that's how you know it's bad. Hey, you know, even though he shaved his mustache, uh, Johnny Smith still did his thing, though. Uh, so that was that was fun to see the nice sixty-yard touchdown. But he ended up with five for one hundred. Yet again, outproducing uh, Kyle Pitts. So that that fun uh, narrative can continue on this year. That's a uh, that's always interesting. And Bijan Robinson not getting work on any goal line. I believe it's any goal line snap. And Tyler Algier going negative eighteen yards in the goal on on goal line. I believe that that was the uh, I believe that was the stat of the game. Jeez Louise! And and, and they're just going to keep doing it though. They're just going to keep doing it. It's just going to keep happening, man. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Uh, Frustrating. No, no. Joke. I honestly, I honestly have not been a very big critic of Arthur Smith and how he's been deploying things we're getting to a limit here though of like the amount of like at the end of the day like i can understand some like i understand there's a difference between fantasy football and real life nfl football and i i can understand a lot don't have that much issue whenever you're not using pieces i'm not going to question you for not using first round draft picks at a 20 percent target clip or whatever don't really care about that but as we're getting to a little bit of a point here where eventually you need to start winning some football games and uh, you're, you're doing a lot of janky stuff that's avoid that's stopping you from doing that. It feels like, however, he is the offensive guy. You also just put up 28 points and you got 
31 points put up on you from a backup quarterback uh, who just got there five days ago. So at least yeah. the offense, the offense still did its job. Taylor Heineke looked good. Uh, he's going to be the starter in week 10. And then they said they're going to evaluate things after the week 11 bye. if they put up another game like this, I don't see why Taylor Heineke is not the starter moving forward. Yeah. So um, even if he is though, I bet he probably turns back into Taylor Heineke at some point. We see Desmond Ritter again before the end of the season's over. Yeah, it could, it could be a cycle back and forth. I think bottom line, like what I'm looking at here is uh, this is just a, a situation where there is going to be a new quarterback in this offense in 2024. And, and and that's just kind of what I'm looking at. Like, yeah, for the rest of the year, maybe you want to ride Heineke or Ritter, but it just feels like one of those teams that is going to try to bring somebody in, try to give a different quarterback a shot. I don't know, man. Like, I, I think we've kind of figured out Ritter isn't the answer. Uh, Taylor Heineke is Taylor Heineke. I think he's going to have some good games here that we're going to be like, yeah, that's the guy we want starting. And then you're going to have some, you know, three interception games. You're like, ah, that's, that's the backup quarterback that we know yep. and love. So there, there it is again. <laughs> there it is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm interested in, you know, getting Heineke as a rental quarterback, uh, just because of, of, of the way, you know, he's, he looked this week and I think they have the Cardinals next week. So, uh, another good matchup. So if you're looking for a cheap quarterback rental, that's probably it. And, uh, you know, if you can look good against the Cardinals, then you're pretty much going to lock in that job. He will have the saints and the, the jets after that. So it'll be a tough one, but, um yeah, I think it's a little bit of running the next few weeks. A little bit of running back dynasty talk before we move off of this yeah, game. For sure. Bijan Robinson, do we have long term fear? Like is he still Man. is he still top three, top five running back right now? I just yeah. Because Arthur Smith isn't leaving. Like that's not happening. Agreed. I I I'm fully with that. And I I don't think I just had different expectations than a lot of people. I think you and I both had different expectations than a lot of people. Yep. And so this is what I expected. I expected Bijan Robinson to have some very good games and we're seeing some very good games out of him. And then you get a week like this where no touchdowns, I think 51 yards on the ground uh, gets out touched by Algier. Unfortunately, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Like, that's just what you're going to get out of, out of some Bijan uh, games. Will that change going forward, though, is the big thing. Um, I do think, you know, if you have a more efficient offense, a more effective offense, like you're going to see better Bijan weeks. Um, they do like to throw him the football. Uh, so if they can continue to utilize him in the passing game, like I'm not panicked on, on Bichon. If you have people in your league that need points and they have a, a really good dynasty roster, maybe you can you know, trade yourself, trade away a point producer or two to get yourself Bijan, like try it. I just don't know if you're going to be able to buy low on, on that kind of asset. That's the problem. Not, not at the cost that yeah. you want to do it at, not at exactly. the cost, not at the cost that's advisable to do. He's still There's Bijan. No such... and he's still Bijan. People are still going to say he's Bijan. Like people are still saying if it's, yeah. if you redraft the rookie class right now, he's still the one one. It's like, how? Wow. There's, there's no buying low on an asset like they're buying cheap, like you're paying price or paying a price for him one way or another. So, yeah. yeah. Are you are you worried, though? Like, you know, just thinking about like how Arthur Smith's going to deploy that backfield. I mean, again, we knew this, but like, does it we, we talk about this all the time in Dynasty. When you, we still know something. And then when you visually see it with your eyes, for whatever reason, it's it, it, it hits different. Right. Like it just hits different when you see it. Yep. Uh, I, I do like the split from Ryan McDowell that he tweeted out earlier today. Weeks one through four, Bijan was the RB six in fantasy. Weeks five through nine, he's been the RB twenty three, um, and that's what's 
triggering a lot of this, right? And it's been it's been a difference in splits. It's been a difference in usage on goal line and passing work and everything everything that we've kind of seen throughout this offense. It's just an unpredictable offense. I, I do still believe talent of Bijan will demand a little bit more than what we've seen, kind of like a de- talent of Gibbs and what we saw will demand a little bit more eventually. You get you get good players like this the ball, but yeah, I, I, he's still up there. He's still up in that upper echelon. But the the notion that he was ever head and shoulders above any other running back was always ludicrous to me. So um, he's just any any of the other running backs up there. Do you you want to give me the argument that CMC is the RB one in Dynasty because he has a better two year outlook? I would not disagree with you. Yeah, I, I well said. I'm good with all of that. I do think it's personal preference when it comes right down to to, to the running back position. I mean, he still is going to have the age and the the aura around his name that that kind of gives him that that kind of credence. So, yep. Um, other side of the ball, real quick. Yeah. Cam Akers tearing his other Achilles. Oh yeah, um, sorry, yeah. How can I forget? We, yeah, we we did have to go back to the other side of running back dynasty market there. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's done the speed bridge on one Achilles. Can he do the other one on the other Achilles recover in six months and come back? He still has never really looked ever like Cam Akers again since he did the speed bridge on one Achilles, though. I don't really have much interest. If you want to sell for any third, sell for any fourth. uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's sell for anything. Otherwise, you're probably dropping Cam Akers. Uh, If you want to if you want to hold him for what uh let's put let's put a year on this i don't know if he's gonna recover like he did with the other one and even then it wasn't recover you know yeah, like when, when was he right? ever used when was he ever <laughs> he was, usable did he yeah. did he ever crack a lineup and you were happy with it he was on the field <laughs> yeah exactly did he ever crack a lineup um so how where are you at with uh what's behind madison because obviously madison took over the lion's share but like k-makers still ha- had a role in this offense um Again, he had a role, but were you ever putting him in your lineup? Was he ever cracking a lineup? No. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we just kind of talk in circles here about the running back position in Minnesota. That's right. Um, Madison's the only one that's going to matter, I think. You'll probably see some Ty Chandler. Um, You'll see some Kenny and Wongwu, maybe, but he's really just a special teamer. You've also got, you know, um, Mel Kuyper's RB3 of the class, Dwayne McBride on the practice squad that they'll call up and potentially see some of him. But no, I don't I don't think even even we've seen some bursts out of Ty Chandler and he's got some truthers out there. But it's still this Minnesota passing. It's this still this Minnesota offensive line in the rush game. And it hasn't made anybody else look good. I don't see any reason why it'll make any of these other guys look good. Yep. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, it's just a. Bodies at this point so um let's just dive into the next one here uh, another meh perf- i mean when you when you really look at it, it wasn't a met performance but it was just one of those games commanders against uh against the patriots a 2017 matchup uh really the the big thing for me here is, is sam howell and i just want to have a little sam howell talk with you because I, I am curious where you're at i mean he's he's currently qb6 overall qb9 in points per game with bye weeks all that fun stuff so he's he's uh, in that range there where he's like that qb8 to 15 where they're all separated by like one point per game what are your thoughts on Sam Howell? Like, is this the enemy? Is he is he going to stick around? You think? I mean, I think he he, he should have a much better situation or shot to stick around than Ron Rivera does, who doesn't look like mm-hmm. he has any interest of coaching anymore right now. Um, <laughs> that, that that dude uses an outside voice or an inside <laughs> voice with outside forces 
a lot of the that, times he says a lot of things that you should probably not say to the media. That is an that is an interesting man. The way his kind of career arc has gone here over the past two years or so. That man, I just just that that interview of of him talking talking you know thinking out loud is what it was about the 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 play that should have been challenged that wasn't and just oh, just baffling sometimes. But yeah, no, I mean I. I I am curious what Sam Howell's role is going to be going forward. I, I, I think we talked about this beforehand, and I kind of am with you. You think he's going to be? You think he's getting a full year next year, or they they bring in competition? I don't. Outside of just another Jacoby Brisket kind of guy, I don't. No, no competition more than that. Honestly, I, yeah. I wouldn't see why they bring in anybody else but him as as another year. I don't really know. I can look up what his contract situation is real quick, but. This is Sam House. Everybody, everybody has said that this is Sam House team from top of the organization to players on the team um, to even Ron Rivera. Now, who really cares, though, what he thinks? Um, yeah, I, th- I think that this is going to be Sam House team. He needs an offensive line that can protect him. and He needs to stop holding the football and taking 100 plus sacks in a year because he won't ever live like that. Yeah. But other than that, there's a lot of stuff that's built around this team very well. You've got an absolute grinder in Brian Robinson. You've got good wide receivers nothing really you know like terry mclaurin he's a one but he's not like a dominant alpha one like a, a justin jefferson a stefan Diggs, a Devonta adams any of those types but he's a very he's he's at least a serviceable enough wide receiver one i don't think Jahan dotson ever gets there too but either but this is a team that kind of you know we we were talking about it beforehand they don't have a travis kelsey or they don't have a tyree kill but it looks like a team where he's just able to spread the ball around with enough serviceable and good weapons right now and and he has a he has a really good rushing floor and he's just going to be a gunslinger he's going to turn the ball over at some times he's going to make some boneheaded plays but this is going to be his team and if he can progress a little bit i don't see why we shouldn't be buying into some sam howell yeah i I, I like the quarterback position in an Andy Reid be enemy type offense. And, you know, again, the weapons around one of them might hit. You just don't know which one it's going to be. You know, again, you can assume Terry McLaurin is probably going to be the, the guy with with what they have there. Um, but I, I had a tough time buying in and I said he's a rookie. but This is his I call it his rookie year. This is his second year in the league. Yeah. So contract wise, he's still tied up there for another couple of years. Just going to be interesting with with new ownership, uh, potentially a new head coach coming in, most likely a new head coach coming in. Does the enemy take the reins? Like there's a lot of unknowns there that I think that are just not in his control. But I do think he's doing enough to, you know, he's auditioning, right? Like this is, you know, can you show me enough to to earn another chance? And I think he's showing enough. I think he had what, 350 yards passing this week he's he's done some very impressive things as you've said but also some very boneheaded rookie type mistakes holding onto the ball too long um but hey you know what we we were talking about this one before it feels like there's kind of like obviously there's a lot of ways that this could go but it kind of feels like the same little path we've gone down with like daniel jones was kind of doing this like he was that high producing guy with you know, kind of a subpar group of weapons around him. Can you take the next step? You're producing it with a rushing fantasy floor. You're throwing the ball around. Sam Howell's throwing the ball around way differently than Daniel Jones was last year. But another <laughs> guy who was kind of on that needed to take the next step and did do that. We were going back to like a Josh Allen. And I am not saying that Sam Howell is Josh Allen whatsoever, but you give that rushing floor, you give that gunslinger ball, like just chuck the ball around, try to do more than you probably should mentality. And it leads to you losing games and turnovers a lot of the times, but it's also very good for fantasy. Like it's a, it's a fantasy football success 
world right now, especially if you're, if, unless you're taking negative points for sacks, Sam Howell's balling right now. So if he gets another year just on production alone, I don't see why you wouldn't want to buy into him, especially when like he's behind guys like Jordan Love, um, like <laughs> Will Levis. He's right there with Deshaun Watson. I mean, yeah, honestly, you're, you're looking at like you're looking at that. You're looking at what's the what's the situation for Sam Howell right now? What's the situation for Bryce Young right now? Obviously, I think Bryce Young is a much better talent, but in terms of just scoring me fantasy points over the next two years, I don't think there's any shot Bryce Young is outscoring Sam Howell over the next two years in fantasy. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a good one. I actually like that one a lot. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, I, I do think Sam Howell's probably undervalued for the production that he's going to give you. Uh, so yeah, I think if you you know you're you're looking for a quarterback for the rest of the season and, and maybe beyond, well, you know maybe beyond. Um, He's one to invest in. He's one to to at least take a take a gander at, see what the what the price tag is on him. Uh, but yeah, that's enough commanders talk for me. Uh, I think you kind of t- touched on the team itself. Really, nothing on the other side of the ball was all that impressive. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you know Ramondre kind of did. I don't say did his thing, but he had a good game finally. And then I think what Juju and Pop Douglas were the the leading receivers on that team. I believe. Like, yep. Yeah, that just, that is correct. Uh, it's who, it is who a bad football it? team. You're getting Devontae Parker back, I guess. Like, what does that do? Uh, you you get basically like a little bit better Juju Smith Schuster back in the offense. And I, I'm about done with I, I'm about done with Mac Jones. I've given this guy a lot of leeway, and I have not said very many bad things about Mac Jones. And I've been pretty defensive of him. I'm about done with every single time that he has anything go wrong. He is one of the whiniest little people on the football field right now. I'm a I, I'm trying not to let it affect dynasty evaluation. And I do think he still gets another shot somewhere, but man, he is unlikable right now with where he's at the New England Patriots offense. And I get it. You have had almost nothing go right for you from having a defensive coordinator as your offensive coach. You don't have any better weapons than undrafted or seventh round Demario Douglas, whatever he is, Juju Smith Schuster. They shipped out Jacoby Myers, who's infinitely better and then paid the same amount. Like nothing seems to run right here. And he's had to deal with a lot. But also, come on, grow up and be a quarterback. Sometimes a small man like it. Just I'm getting I'm be getting a, a little bit annoyed in the fatigue with Mac Jones now, and I think the team is too. Be a professional. That's what it comes down to. Like, be a professional. You're not. I don't think he's at that spot where he's good enough where he can throw a tantrum. He can't be an Aaron Rodgers on the sideline and like throw a tantrum because you know he's one of the best in the game. Like right now, you're just a quarterback, dude. Like, and they're you, projected <laughs> to be one of the worst teams in football and up in that quarterback close. range as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's it. They could look a lot like a Sam Darnold path here. Like I, I think he could be serviceable somewhere and get another shot. But right now, it's you're not going to get good production for the rest of the year. And I don't see how they don't bring something else in this off season. Yeah, they need they need to make a lot of changes in general. But uh, yeah, I mean that, that kind of wraps up that game. Uh, rapid fire on the next one here. Really like. So what the Panthers played the the Colts and I guess we saw Kenny Moore win the game. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all pro, much it. all pro wide receiver Kenny Moore. I've heard yeah, the yeah. Carolina Panthers are interested in trading for him in the off season because um, they wanted to get a wide receiver one for Bryce Young, and they obviously have a pretty good rapport already. So I think we'll see him taking snaps outside of uh, on the other side of Adam Thielen next year for twenty twenty four. Very excited to see it. 
playing both ways. Lo- love it. Absolutely love that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, two pick sixes in a game. This game just got so far. This game just got so far out of hand. Uh, uh, they they're just running running the rock with Jonathan Taylor. No reason to really let Gardner Minshew do much of anything. 127 yards and one touchdown. Yeah. Um, Drew Ogletree, I think, exited this game with a foot injury. If you want to go potentially sneak up some Kyle and Granson again, but it seems like either one of the two is healthy week to week. Um, so we'll probably see a flip-flop of that again in week 11. Outside of that, uh, Chuber Hubbard still outrushing Miles Sanders here. He's still the lead running back. That's a that's a wolf of a contract that you gave to Miles Sanders for what the production is that they're giving you. All of the offensive line that they drafted, you're hearing rumblings about Everybody in the front office from Frank Reich probably fired again after this year. New, another new head coach. Bad time. Bad times in Carolina. <laughs> bad times in Carolina to be giving your top three pick to the Chicago Bears. Not a good look. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard kind of splits here. Like, it's not pretty. Like, it's not even like this is a split backfield. I mean, it's 16 to 6 in terms of touches. Both got you know, over five targets. So it was five for Sanders, six for Chuba and the snap share Chuba was almost triple. Um, he was just over, I guess, double uh, two and a half times the snaps as Miles Sanders. I had high hopes for Sanders coming into this year. Really did. I really thought that, you know, this is going to be an opportunity for him to just lock in an RB two role for, for fantasy purposes and, you know, be the RB one on this team, but that is not the case at all. Uh, just a train wreck of a situation train wreck of offense 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 is trying anything to operate right now freaking steven sullivan had five targets in this game uh they're gonna be they're gonna be holding tryouts for wide receivers soon so it's uh it's gross dude it is so gross but uh yeah i mean anything you really want to touch on here i mean like i think you like you said it was a 17 to to 6 or 18 to 7 excuse me 18 to 7 rushing split for jt and and zach moss so kind of back to the workhorse role for jt i think this is what we anticipate going forward but uh this is pretty much just a chalk it up game yeah uh, just a little bit of talk about bryce young like yep i know there's going there's going to be a lot of panic setting in especially after you barely scraped away the win against cj stroud and then cj stroud comes out and do does what he just did um anthony richardson kind of has the benefit of the doubt of missing his rookie year while bryce young is going to have to struggle through it all 17 games of the year as long as he's healthy it's not going to look good it's not going to get any better this year i do think like but just don't don't fully bail out the kid is still this kid is still a good quarterback and there's still a reason why he was the number one overall draft pick things are going to get better here as much as tepper's probably not going to give any time to frank reich I do think the Bryce Young is still going to have a good amount of time to try to fix things here because of how bad this is. So I just, I just wouldn't be doing, I know I was saying like the Sam Howell potentially outscoring him for the next two years, but I just wouldn't be bailing out of any Bryce Young's yet. Yeah, no, I feel the exact same way. I think if you're on a a contending team and you need those quarterback points, like you're probably not feeling great, but uh, in the end as a dynasty asset, I'm not totally worried about it. It's a situation we anticipated going into the year that was not going to be pretty. Um, and it's not so <laughs> that's that's yeah, pretty that's much it, it. Um, I, let's get into the Packers and the Rams game here uh, really Packers wise I mean Christian Watson got crushed and it looks like his whole body and soul is on the injury report um, Aaron Jones is back what were your takeaways here from Green Bay and, and LA 
looks again like Jordan Love is what Jordan Love is. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's again one of the youngest offenses in the league. Everything everything's new and fresh here still, but it doesn't look like again kind of like a little bit better than the Panthers. It doesn't look like it's going to get much better this year either. Um, I think he just kind of is what he is, and it's not going to ever be a very good offense. But Aaron Jones being healthy again is big for the offense. And, you know, at least they scored 20 points on the Rams today or on Sunday. But, I mean, Luke Musgrave got his touchdown, but he looks like any other replaceable wide receiver or any other replaceable tight end. Man, there's just not much to take away from this one for me on this side. Uh, it's Christian Watson is kind of like a discount version of Mike Williams. Um, I kind of, kind of like that comparison that we came across. There ain't nothing here, man. Like it's just, this offense just is what it is. It's not going to be very good. Aaron Jones was the, was the big takeaway. Like you said, I mean, he had 20 carries. He did get back involved in the passing game as well with six targets. Um, you know, love wasn't awful. Like he was 20 to 26, but 228 yards passing, you know, he only had a touchdown. I think that's really what it comes down to. Like he, he's going to be make or break based on those touchdowns that he, he can get, uh, whether he, you know, runs one in gets, you know, three passing touchdowns. It's just going to be hit or miss. He's still a very young player as well. Like, you know, while he has been in the league a while, he is still kind of a rookie, you know, in a way, he's still going to make those, you know, young playing mistakes, but uh, he's just kind of a, he's just a QB too. He's just a guy, just a guy out there. He's not going to be anything spe- spectacular. Like we saw like the first, you know, few weeks where we thought he might be a top 10 quarterback. Um, and I say we, but I mean the dynasty community. <laughs> And again, just to highlight how bad this week was, that performance of 228 and one was QB 15 on the week. Yep. There you go. QB 15. He's just a QB two. That's, that's exactly it. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think, you know, uh, Ripian couldn't support anybody. So he, he sucked. Like that, that yeah, was just a wasn't. rough game. No, no, not, not good at all. Couldn't really get anything going outside of like, a 50% completion on short passes. So running game isn't going to do anything, especially when you're trying to do, you can't throw the ball and you have Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson back there. That isn't going to go well. Hopefully this team gets Kyron back soon and they get Matthew Stafford back soon uh, until they do bench everything and everyone here. Yeah. So uh, Matt Stafford, hopefully that right, uh, that throwing hand thumb uh, it can get figured out where he can grip the ball enough to, to, to bear through the pain because I think uh, 70% of Stafford is better than what we saw out of Brett Ripien. So um, agreed. Yep. That's pretty much it for, for that one here. Uh, let's dive into, I, I guess a good game for the Raiders and the other side of the ball who really cares. Raiders rolled, you know, Josh Jacobs, 26 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns. He got involved. Like the, it was nice to see the locker room aspect of the Raiders just pumped up celebrating like a win, like, you know, cleaned house, Newton, I think it was Antonio Pierce's first game. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun experience for the Raiders. But in the end, for fantasy purposes, truly it was Josh Jacobs. And that's pretty much it for the, for for fantasy. Yeah, I think this was our uh, football gods lock of the week game. Um, whenever, yeah, obviously not getting into everything that's come out about Josh McDaniel. Um, I think everybody pretty much has heard and heard and knows how bad that felt like it was in there by now if you've been paying attention to any nfl news over the past 40 or you know past week um this is a team this is a team that's having fun um compared to what the other side of the football is going to be for the rest of the year 
I would I would much rather have any Raider, any Raider over anything that's over there on the other side of the ball in terms of fantasy. Yeah, Daniel Jones tore his ACL, so uh, that one was a wrap. You know, he was just coming back off of injury from his neck and non-contact uh, ACL tear confirmed, so he's done for the year. So we got Tommy DeVito. This is just has the feel. Like, yes, they did run Saquon. You know, he got 16 carries for 90 yards. Uh, they still used him in the pass game a little bit, but I just feel like this is a team that's going to pack it in. We thought the Giants overachieved a bit last year, and I feel like this is the proof in the pudding where this team is just going to – this team's going to fold. Just going to fold. They've been decimated by injuries across the line, and you, players just not performing up to what they should be as well there. Um, we, we had said it for a while. Daniel Jones is going to get freaking killed back there, and he did this year. Like, they crushed his neck, and then uh, – I mean, obviously, you can't say that like the offensive line is causing him to blow out his ACL in a non-contact injury. But (laughs) I mean, probably doesn't help that he's getting sacked as much as he is whenever he's back there. Like it probably didn't help all of that either. So we got Tommy DeVito and Matt Barkley the rest of the way. Um, And if you want it to be Tommy DeVito, which I don't think anybody wants either of these guys back there. Uh, Adam Schefter did drop a little thing on McAfee show today that it might be Matt Barkley going forward as well. So whatever it is, it's not going to be good. And I think the only takeaway here is one, you're probably never going to start a single um, wide receiver for the New York Giants. And Darren Waller is also probably packing it in. He's already put on IR with his hamstring injury. So he's probably pulling a same thing he did. What was that last year or two years ago? With the it was Raiders? last year. Last, last year. year okay. Raiders. So repeat of last year. He's probably going to mail it in. Never play another down for uh, the Giants again this year. And honestly, I'm only waiting. I think it's clock taking on Saquon Barkley to do the same exact thing. He's not going to hit any of those incentives that he signed that deal for. He's basically playing on that franchise tag. And once you accrue your games, um, there ain't no reason to do it anymore for this team that's going to be run by Matt Barkley and Tommy DeVito. So if I can bail myself out of Saquon Barkley, I would much rather go to the other side of the ball because that team, that team that's actually having fun right now, Josh Jacobs is playing for that team right now. Uh, and they look like they're playing for their coach so that he can keep his job going into next year. So, yeah, give me some Josh Jacobs well over Saquon Barkley. Very interesting thing here with the Raiders, though, with with Jimmy G being benched. Um, I wonder how it is for him because everybody I, else from the Patriots is fired right now. I really wonder how it is in that locker room for Jimmy Garoppolo right now. But I'm also, yeah, that's that's a huge part of it. I, I am curious what that's going to be like. But I, not like Aiden O'Connell like tore it up. Like you know, in terms of fantasy, in terms of fantasy, it's not like this Giants defense is some world beater. They've had their moments where they've played well, but I just I was not excited for Devontae Adams. I was not, you know, Jacoby did score a touchdown, you know, on a run, but in terms of this passing game, it was just average and at best. I just am genuinely curious about how the Raiders offensive skill players are going to be handled down the stretch here like are you worried about your Devonte adams right now i think it's going to be a lot better than it has been over these last like okay. four weeks that it's been i think it's going to be a work in progress though with aiden o'connell obviously like you said it's not been great but it's never been great with jimmy g back there either <laughs> throughout Fair. this year or at least outside of like the last like, i think it was like that first little four game stretch that he was on where he was actually performing like Devonte adams still so um 
Like it's it's going to be Aiden O'Connell. Outside of injury, it is going to be Aiden O'Connell the rest of the way. A part of all of the reason why Ziegler and McDaniel's were fired. Uh, also, a little bit of an interesting uh, note that was thrown in there throughout this week. Um, they tried to trade up for Bryce Young, and basically, Z- Mark Davis wanted to trade up for Bryce Young, and Ziegler wouldn't allow it. And then they also shipped out Derek Carr, and then they also brought in Jimmy G, <laughs> paid him the same amount of money, and he looked god awful compared to what Derek Carr has looked like. One of Mark Davis's guys that he's really rode with throughout the last like eight years. A lot of dysfunction between owner, GM, and head coach there. Um, so you're going, you're you're not going to see Jimmy G play another snap for the Raiders outside of injury. Yeah, that's uh, you know, he in, it'll be interesting if he gets another another shot in the NFL. I'm sure he will get a an opportunity, you know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him this uh, this off season as far as his uh his opportunity going forward in 2024. But yeah, uh, fun situation to monitor uh very curious to see what what that Devonte adams you know target share looks like because we're so used to him being in that 30 plus percent target share uh you know again getting him to that trinity factor but if he's not getting the same amount of targets how's that going to look like going forward but yeah uh poor raiders uh good 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 win poor organization hopefully they can figure it out this offseason and uh and get it together but for the time being they're enjoying their win yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go moving forward because they're riding the high right now. How long does the how long does the high last? Whenever you've got Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs coming up, it's not going to last very long. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> let's let's get into a, a good game here. The afternoon uh, game of the week, which is going to be the Cowboys against the Eagles here. Um, you know, Dak Prescott. He has looked very good over the past few weeks, and he had 374 yards in the air with three touchdowns. I think they figured out that the ground game wasn't uh, wasn't going to be like how they're going to win consistently. So uh, Dak is just out there chucking the rock around, getting CD involved. Overall, been been kind of fun to fun to watch this offense. He's been a top three quarterback for the each of the past three weeks, and you love that for fantasy. You know, puts him back in the that QB 12 range for the year. Um, what were your takeaways from this game? I've, I have never really moved Dak too much. I think I moved him kind of around that, like 12 to 15. He's always just kind of been around yeah. that Jared Goff, Kirk cousins range whenever all of them are healthy. Um, it, it's, I think he's just going to live right there for a pretty long time. People keep wanting to write that right off Dak. And while it's never really thrown consistently together for this Dallas Cowboys offense, whenever you see performances like this against one of the best teams of the NFC, I don't know how you can't get there. And I, I keep looking back at CeeDee Lamb, man, 191 yards on the day. I, I keep looking back at that, that one and shaking my head every time I see it. If they had a, any running game right now, I think that like if they just had Zeke back and they just kept Zeke around for you another think, year, think I think this would be the difference in that, that run game. Yes, because Tony Pollard isn't supposed yeah. to be in this role. They need something better than Rico Dowdle to run as their hammer. Like slamming Tony Pollard up the A and B gaps is not what he's supposed to do, and he needs to be fresh to be able to be efficient. It's like what the the team that we're going to talk about on on Monday Night Football, who hasn't had that either. It leads to inefficiency for these running backs that aren't meant for the type of role. You need a hammer that actually can. It's. It goes back to a lot of why these running backs have gone to committee styles. And whenever you have, whenever you go to these Tony Pollards and you try to make them the workhorse, it doesn't work out typically. So Dak, Dak has put on, Dak's put this team on his back. Like you said, the last three yep. weeks, 
fantastic for CD Lamb. Jake Ferguson looks like a, a, a tight end who's right up there in that yeah. back end QB one range, top top end QB two range. Jalen Tolbert looks like he's seeing an expanded role. Uh, we, you know, they're trying out Martavis Bryant. Have any interest there? No, I, I <laughs> no, I, th- no. That, that is the answer. It is no. Yeah, I don't even really want to elaborate on that. Like, just I, I had hopes for him. I don't know. Was it was it five years ago now? I don't. He hasn't played a snap in the NFL since like 2018. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, like I don't feel wonderful about Martavis Bryant. Um, however, I used to you know love the talent. So you know it is what it is. So yeah, they definitely need something in the run game. I think they had 15 total carries um, outside of Dak rushing. Like Dak rushed yep. the ball. He was a second leading rusher on the team. And yeah, 15 total carries. Like, I think they just need to figure out something with the run game. Unfortunately, uh, they don't have any solution. <laughs> Trade deadline has come and I mean, gone. I will say they were both, both Tony Pollard and Rico Dottle. Rico Dottle at four yards a carry, Tony Pollard at 4.3 yards a carry. Um, they were just playing a little bit of catch up in this game. So they went a little bit more to the air. Yeah, but still, like I'm still not excited about Tony Pollard and what we thought was going to be possible coming into this season. No, that that's not happening. Yeah, I, I I think that's pretty much it right now. Just you know, the passing game is going. You want CD Cooks uh, hasn't really lived up to anything, but it's it's CD and Ferguson that you really want in this offense. That's pretty much uh, kind of it right now. Obviously, you still have Pollard, and unfortunately, you're probably having to cram him in your lineup. But I'm, inter- I'm interested. I'm interested in. I'm interested in what Tolbert's role looks like going forward because they they look like they are actually trying to target him and make him the replacement for either Gallup or Cooks because neither of those two are working out right now either. I feel like it's Gallup over anything, but yeah, again, something to monitor going forward. Competitive game. They ended up taking the L to the Eagles. Um, you know, on the flip side of the ball here, Jalen Hurts uh, did get by hurt. half a yard. Yeah, yeah, by half a yard. Jalen Hurts did get hurt a little bit or banged up, um, but he ended up finishing the game out. Seemed like he's he was okay. However, Dallas Goddard did not. Uh, he did break his forearm, I believe, yes. uh, in this one. And then, uh, just so everyone knows, yes, Albert Albert O. I, I still can never say his last name. Albert O. Um, did get on the field for a couple snaps, but this was Jack Stoll that actually kind of carried out and, and finished up the game for him with uh, 27 snaps, seven routes run, but didn't do anything effectively in the passing game. So I guess Jack Stoll's the guy you want. I uh, believe it. I believe that is how you pronounce it. Um, I will at least try to throw it out there for the people. There you go. But um, <laughs> Albert Okwebenam, I, I think he's the one that I want. Because Jack stole the blocking tight end, like he's still going yeah. to run routes, and he was actually the one that was, uh, I believe, he was the he's the only other tight end on the Eagles that has caught or has been targeted this year. Uh, but it, I think he's still just going to be the blocking tight end, and they're going to use somebody else more so in the Dallas Goddard role. If they do, they I know Nick Sirianni's already came out and said that they're probably going to have to just change up the way they use formations a lot. So that sounds like it could be something that could give Olamide Zacchaeus a little bit more of a role, Devonta Smith a little bit more of a role. But I honestly still think it. I'm I'm going to bet on Alberto to be the one that you want to pick up because if he does anything, he's got the name cachet and the name value within the dynasty community to flip. If he does anything, then I'll go to Grant Calcaterra, and honestly, then I'll go to Jack Stoll. 
Yeah, I think Calcaterra has been a tight end three on this roster. He was out this game. Uh, he was out with a concussion this game, so he didn't do anything. You're not going to see him on any of the snap logs. Alberto has yet really to uh, – he's failed to basically start any game but this game and only saw a 10% snap share. Honestly, I don't really think you want any of them, but if you're in tight end no. premium best ball leagues, almost all of them have to be picked up until further noticed. Yeah, I think Calc is the as the the angle I'm going at. I do think Alberto could have a pass catching role in this, but uh, Calcaterra has just been he's been the three on this team. That, that it's a role that he was able to fill in, and I believe last year as well when when uh, uh, Goddard had his injuries. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, Devonta Smith touchdown, AJ Brown's AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts, and Swift is still leading the backfield. So, uh, anything else you want to touch on in this game? Yeah, only thing I got. I mean, Devonta Smith. Unfortunately, sure. scored the touchdown this week because if he only went three for fifty-one, I would be very excited to buy some Devonta Smith this week. I yeah. do think I do think there's some legitimacy to the how the uh, how the offense runs. I think there's some splits last year that kind of accentuate this too between where um, whenever Dallas Goddard was missing time last year, Devonta Smith was averaging like nine targets a game and eighty yards, seventy or eighty yards a game as well. So, I do think you could see an increased workload for Devonta Smith moving forward. Yep, think so as well. We got two games to wrap up here. I know this is a long one, so thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, we do have the Sunday night game where we had the Bengals and the Bills, another showdown, another one possession game. Um, you know, I, I felt like this was more or less dominated by the Bengals than, than anything. Like it felt like this was their game the entire time. Um, and, and, you know, they just made it close at the end. But really, Joe Burrow threw for 348 yards. Uh, T. Higgins led the, the team in receiving. Tyler Boyd had a couple catches. Jamar Chase was, I don't say help. Yeah, he's helping check, I guess. But um, Bengals did Bengal things. Uh, Bills did Bills things and, you know, found found a way to to turn the ball over and uh, really cost themselves the, the football game. So where yeah. are you at? What were your thoughts on this one? I think it's, uh, I think you kind of, I think you kind of nailed it with the Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again, that, yeah. calf i know they had a heating pad on it i think at one point and i think he had also a pretty nasty finger injury like the the taking your fingernail off of the finger injury that was pretty gross so maybe see him wearing the uh, justin herbert cast that he's been rolling around with for the past two weeks or so now as well uh just a gross one moving forward Joe Mixon, as long as he's the running back, he's the only one you actually really want week to week. Travion Williams should be rostered over Chris Evans everywhere, but that roster ship is flipped and wrong. Uh, Travion Williams is the two if that ever comes to fruition. And I hope it doesn't for Joe Mixon and this offense could keep rolling with him because it's not going to look pretty if anything else happens. Uh, I think the biggest thing here, though, uh, one, one, they used the tight end for the first time ever. Three tight ends, all in the top fifteen, uh, all in the top seventeen at the position, I believe. Tanner Hudson is the guy that I think you need to monitor going forward. I know Scott's talked a little bit about him as well, saying that the team kind of wants to move on from Irv Smith, but Irv Smith also had a touchdown. Drew Sample also had a touchdown, and Tanner Hudson was the leading tight end in terms of yardage and targets. Jeez, they've never used the tight end before. And now you have three, all three of them in one week. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I'm interested in some Tanner Hudson moving forward. Honestly, probably should have added him last week whenever Scott was telling us about him. But um, sh- li- listen in there whenever Scott talks about his Cincinnati Bengals. But Tanner Hudson's the one. He, he's the uh, tight end I'd rather have moving forward. Other than that, 
Jamar Chase injury. I know there's been some concern floating around because how he's talking about his injury whenever he landed on his back. He basically said, uh, I'm alive when asked about the injury today with reporters about how he was feeling. There's some injury that he's going to miss a game or there's some concern that he's going to miss a game. I don't have any concern. Uh, he woke up after like landing right on the small of his back with all of the force in the world. Looked like a Mike, uh, Mike Williams fall of old times. He's going to be hurting today. Like just calm down a little bit. Wait till we hear another injury report. He's going to be hurt right now. I still don't think he misses a game. Yeah. Uh, again, just monitor, monitor practice reports. We'll see how that looks. Yeah. Whenever Scott talks, listen, uh, especially when it's about the Bengals, but yes, uh, just listen. <laughs> and so, yeah, when you have, I think they had what a combined 13 targets to the tight ends, all three of them. So it was kind of a committee approach. I, uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward. What, uh, if that continues, if they continue to have that same usage or if they were just kind of exploiting a bills matchup, uh, with, with kind of a, a, and Jamar he, Chase being out in an yeah. yeah. Yeah, all of those combination of things. Uh but yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much it. I'm with you on Mixon. I think he's the guy that that you want in that backfield, and that's gonna be the way for the rest of the it's year. The only thing next you year. want. Only thing yep. you want outside of injury. Josh Allen and the boys. Josh Allen doing Josh yeah. Allen things, uh makes a bunch of really good throws and then makes a couple that can either win or lose you the game one way or the other. And there's some narrative in streets. Now, Ray on wake up this morning was saying, who would you rather want, Josh Allen or CJ Stroud? Uh, Josh <laughs> Allen. He, hey, he, he, just asking the question. I, I know, I know. I know. No, just, it is Josh, it's, it's Josh Allen by far. He's the, uh, you know, the leading quarterback. He's either the first or second quarterback, what, now four years in a row in terms of fantasy? Yep, I believe so. Yeah, he's... So, He's uh he's been the guy since he's he is been the guy for fantasy he's, purposes. He's literally in fantasy been the best quarterback over the last three years, uh, and now again in this year. So, um, I don't think there's too much to talk about there. If you see any Josh Allen panic out there, please go out and capitalize on it. There's nothing to capitalize here for fantasy purposes, but it was nice to see Dalton Kincaid get 11 targets, 10 catches, 81 yards. That was beautiful for for all the Kincaid owners out there. Uh, with the way that the tight end position is replaceable, maybe this is an opportunity to uh, sell him again if there's people people interested. So uh, take take advantage of those Kincaid opportunities to sell. I do think that this is going to be the week that we start to see good old playoff Lenny uh, get integrated into this offense. You know, Lat Murray was meh james cook same thing six carries four targets just not not a very good run game uh so leonard fournette's going to have every opportunity to come right into this offense and and make an impact uh so we will see what that looks like this week are you trying to acquire any lenny prior to to him stepping foot on the field I've already been acquiring and holding all of my Leonard Fournette throughout all yes, of the weeks. Have. I still have four of them out there in, uh, you know, 15 to 12 to 15 leagues that I've held on to every single one of them. Unfortunately, I probably held on a little bit too long. Probably should have just dropped and picked them back up. But I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm, I'm going to make that call that I don't think is all that bold. Uh, Leonard Fournette is the leading running back in points per game in fantasy the rest of the way. I don't think there I don't think there's much question to it for the, for the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was, was like, if he's a leading running back, uh, running back <laughs> one, rest of the way, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, I mean, I don't even want to talk, touch on this team anymore. But yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting. Uh, if you can go out and get yourself some Fournette, this might be the week to. Or this is the week to do it uh, if you can. 
uh, without giving up a second round pick. Like buy for thirds. Yeah, buy for thirds. Do it. Um, final game here, Monday night game. I, I not a ton of takeaways. Herbert was. Eh, the Chargers defense played really well. Zach Wilson still Zach Wilson. I will say the only highlight from this entire game is the fact that on that final drive, all those catches that Tyler Conklin had, uh, you know, did end up getting me, you know, high score on our side for for Rumble, which, you know, has itself a weekly payout. So that was like the highlight of the game. And, and is, you know, someone else tell me otherwise. Uh, well, maybe for you incredibly self-centered and disrespectful <laughs> to the incredible Keenan Allen catch where he literally like That's true. somersaulted the thing back into his hands and made one of the most ridiculous catches I've ever seen on the game where he went for 10,000 yards in his career. Okay. Um, no, there I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that you live in this little self-centered world over there, but that is the <laughs> highlight of this game. Other than the fact that this game was dominated by defensive line on both sides, on um, both teams uh, that that was basically the main takeaway for me this just a incredibly dominated defensive game you had a darius davis um darius davis oh, yeah. punt return touchdown uh was writing about him in that waiver wire article that you can check out on destination after you get out of listening to this pod uh, he was highlighted on there and unfortunately he got the punt return touchdown last night so you couldn't have capitalized on it didn't really do much else in the game though but i think he could have a little yeah. bit more of a role moving forward did only get one target but hey in a punt return, kick return league, probably yeah. a week too late now, but uh, you know, looking at some Darius Davis. Absolutely. Yeah, I know, of course. Yeah, well, Keenan Allen. Yeah, I love me some Keenan. So, uh, but yeah, again, being very selfish in that matchup. Otherwise, there wasn't, there really wasn't a whole lot of, you know, fun stuff. Eckler did score some touchdowns, but he was still inefficient on the ground. Wasn't a fun offensive game for fantasy purposes. Uh, really wasn't a, I mean, other than that catch, it really wasn't a fun game to watch. <laughs> no, it was just God, kind of honestly an game. awful game. Honestly, uh, an awful game. The Chargers still look like they're the Chargers. Like it looks like absolutely nothing has changed from last year. Probably going to be a fringe playoff team again. Maybe they make it. Maybe they don't. Hopefully, they don't. So we can get whatever his name. I, I don't even know. I'm not even getting. He done. should. He, he should not be named anymore. <laughs> he should not be named. All right. Um, I, I guess you can really hang your hat on that one. You you can really hang your hat on that one, Brandon Staley. You finally showed up with a good defense as a good defensive coach against Zach Wilson. You did it. You did it. <laughs> what a highlight. What a highlight of the week. All right. Uh, that is the slate. Every single game from the that slate. Is, that is everything. We, we Hour and a half. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? Check out that Trinity tool again. Um, we we've I think I think it kind of shows a lot of the process that we've we've talked about for a long time, especially if you're just bargain bin value shopping, kind of how we like to we like to play a lot of these competing rosters. And going back to more whenever we were, you know, on overreaction pod doing the the strategy sessions more so than just a weekly wrap up and you know, dynasty moving forward talk. We love we love building out those those old crusty teams. This is where this is where whenever you've got the remaining capital, we're getting into week ten here. Trade deadlines coming up. Go out and acquire some. Go out and look to acquire some of those just veteran asset wide receivers, running backs. There's a lot of the market right now. If your teams, if if your league, if your league hasn't been shifted fully into a competing and non competing windows and teams, and there's there's so much value to be had out there, especially in the in these trade markets right now, week over week, with how reactionary everything is, 
make sure you move off those guys as we start getting into the bad teams like the Saquon Barkley's. I'm not really interested in holding them anymore whenever they can just get shut down for the rest of the year at any point. Go out and acquire some go out and acquire some veteran pieces from good teams that are going to be competing down the stretch. Start to look into your playoff matchups as well. Talk about a lot of things here just in the last couple minutes, but yeah, just some general strategy <laughs> tips as you move forward and move towards securing yourself into those fantasy playoffs and fantasy titles. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the that's exactly where we're at right now. Like there's there's trade windows. You should be assessing your teams the entire time, figuring out where you're at. And if you have identified maybe you're in the middle and you don't have that shot to to compete like you did, uh, sell off some of those assets. It's not too late to to make a directional move uh, and, and and really put yourself in a position for for the draft or capital wise to to have some liquid assets for the off season. Make sure you're starting to look at your rosters in the mirror real hard right now so you can capitalize on on some of those other teams that are looking to uh to go out there and, and win it all so that pretty much wraps us up out of here again make sure you do check out everything on destination all of the articles make sure you check out cody's waiver article here that's dropped today make sure you listen to everything that's on here uh with destination debbie radio Follow us on Twitter at Cody Smith, TFDR at Trophy Chase, TFDR. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast. 